Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 160 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. I know almost everybody drinks coffee in the morning. Why are you going to the store to get coffee? I know you're like, it saves me time, and it's like, well, it really doesn't. You should check out some Couchtown Coffee. You can grind it at your house. You can brew some at your house. It takes pretty much the same exact time as it would to sit and wait in a line at a Starbucks or something like that, so... Uh, it's it's roasted right here in Iowa. It's always fresh. They they roast the coffee for you and then ship it to your house. It's going to be some of the freshest coffee you've ever had in your entire life. Don't believe me? Try it out for yourself. Go to CouchTownCoffee.com, find a coffee you like, and make an order. And when you do make an order, let them know Audible Farm sent you, and they'll knock 20% off the price. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. Thanks, Couchtown. This is another solo episode. I really debated doing an, an episode this week or not, um, but I figured I better do one. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll do another solo episode. I should do another replay episode. I was thinking about replaying uh, the Danny Rabine episode from Marbin. I don't know what number it is. It's I was probably about two years ago maybe when I did the episode. But uh, he recently had a kid, so congrats Danny Rabine from Marbin. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, you know, it's really awesome. He's a great guitar player. He's a funny guy. Uh, he likes to talk about all sorts of goofy stuff. I, I had a riot sitting down talking with him on the podcast. Uh, I would love to have him back on the, uh, for another episode. I know they just recently started a Marvin podcast. Um, you know, do you even shred bro? Hashtag, you know, Marvin strikes back, you know, uh, Eric Clapton is God, all that stuff. It's so funny. I love it. Uh, they're, they're cult favorites on the internet. So if you haven't checked them out, check them out. So congrats, Danny Rabin. Uh, like I said, this is a solo episode. It's pretty much, that's what I talk about is stuff like that. I just like what's happened recently in music, uh, around me or people that I've seen online, just some certain things that have gone down, people releasing music. I talk about gear. I talk about guitars recently that I've fixed up. So if you're, if you're into gear talk, stick around to the end. If you're not, Maybe the end of this episode might not be for you. But this is episode 160. It's a solo episode, so it's just me alone. I'll see you on the other end of the intro. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. going on everybody um solo this week once again i yeah, i guess i'm just kind of getting busy with work and trying to figure that perfect balance between um having a life having too many hobbies and working a job so uh bear with me i'm going to do another solo episode this week i know these aren't necessarily as popular as when i have guests but i figured the diehards are here so that's all that matters so thank you guys for sticking around and enjoying the episode with me uh, it's been a wild last couple of weeks. A lot of stuff's been happening out there in the music scene. I wish I could like sit down and just like do a nice little news report of everything for you. Unfortunately, I don't necessarily have the time to sit down and keep track of every single thing that's been going on. But there has been some fun stuff going on. So, um, yeah, I guess like one of the things that has happened not terribly long ago was... Uh, Mike Schulte, he was a uh, guest on the podcast a couple times. He's the drummer for the Pork Tornadoes. He had a, an Iowa-based music podcast and a couple other ones, too. And one of the podcasts he had is or has is called Confused Breakfast. And they discuss movies and parallels between them and things that you might not have known about them, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. 
they dive deeper into it than most people would in just like a, a typical review. So it's kind of fun to sit there and listen to them. They make jokes about things. It's a fun it's a fun listen. If you liked the episodes with Mike Schulte on here, you should definitely go check that podcast out. I've only ever listened to a few episodes. I'm not much of a movie buff, so um, I know it kind of sounds weird. A lot of people are like, how do you not watch movies? I, I guess I don't know. It just takes too long for the story to progress and finish. And a lot of times when it's over, it's just like, well, what's next? And I, I guess I don't know. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of a lot of movies, I guess. I can't sit still long enough. I'm not sure what it is, but... Uh, yeah, anyways, Mike's podcast, The Confused Breakfast, I don't know if anybody listens to other podcasts, I listen to some comedy podcasts here and there when I'm on the road, and um, one of the people that has been on some of the podcasts I listen to, that's a fairly famous comedian, uh, Burt Kreischer actually mentioned the podcast uh, live, I think it was on Two Bears, One Cave was the show, but yeah, so it's pretty crazy that they called out The Confused Breakfast, uh, like I said, it's, I don't know exactly what the stats are, but we're talking like huge numbers, like millions of listens and things. I don't know if it's that high, but it's hundreds of thousands easily. Um, you got to check it out if you haven't. I think at one point in time, it was like the number two movie podcast on iTunes in the world or something like that. So definitely worth checking out. Once again, that's Confused Breakfast. Uh, that's somebody from right here in Iowa that also plays music. It's the drummer of the Pork Tornadoes. And speaking, speaking of the Pork Tornadoes, they recently played at a Minnesota Vikings game. I saw they got a custom jersey out of all that. That's pretty sweet, so hats off to, to Mike for that and uh, everybody from the Pork Tornadoes. I did play a show opening up for them once with uh, Jesse Wilson, and that was tons of fun. I got to meet them all. They're super nice guys, every single one of them. Um, it was great to hang out with them and talk to them and and just kind of bounce ideas off them and stuff, because they are, you know, one of the biggest bands in Iowa that Iowa's had in quite a while, um, especially on the local scene. I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, Slipknot, but yeah, I get, I get it, I get it. But still, like, it's wild that a band that's like, I guess you couldn't really call them just like strictly a cover band, even though they only do cover songs, but they do all sorts of stuff, so... If you haven't heard them, check them out. They've got YouTube videos with millions of views. It's it's definitely worth checking out. So check out the Pork Tornadoes, and uh, hats off to those guys for all the hard work they've been doing. So uh, that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, another thing that happened not terribly long ago was Jesse Wilson, the guy I play a lot of guitar with when he does live shows. He recorded a song and recently released that, so that has come out. So that's really cool. It's... um. It's called River Road. It's available on his uh, social media anywhere. I've done a couple episodes with him in there. You can scroll back through the episodes and check those out to find some of his social medias. Otherwise, it's just Jesse Wilson music pretty much anywhere. So check that out. A uh, new song came out. Like I said, it features James Tyler from Late Street. I did have James Tyler on, on a podcast episode not terribly long ago as well, um, probably within the last year. So check that one out as well if you want to know more about James Tyler from Late Street. I know you're going to listen to the song and be like, oh, that's crazy. I'm going to go check this out. So I'll save you the trouble. Just go just go listen to that episode with James Tyler um, directly after listening to the song and, uh, you know, get all your fill on that because that's tons of fun. If you guys are looking for anything of theirs, the links are in that episode description. If you guys are looking for anything Jesse Wilson, uh, like I said, you can go to Jesse Wilson Music. I, I do play a lot of live shows with him. 
he has played live shows solo and he does play live shows solo so if you go to see him live you never know if it's going to be jesse solo or jesse with me or jesse with another guitarist or maybe jesse with uh owen the bassist owen is um a phenom on the bass i I love hanging out with him at jam nights and things like that and and riding to and from shows with him he's such a fun kid and uh yeah so check out jesse live it's uh the full band is usually owen myself jesse and then cole smothers cole's been on the podcast as well recently so check his episode out but uh hats off to to jesse for releasing that song it's it's great i got to see a little bit of uh the music video that he's been putting together for that um i don't want to do any spoilers but i i believe i'm going to uh at least make a cameo in it in some fashion or another i haven't seen the final edit but uh that's supposedly going to be a thing so we'll see what happens there you're definitely going to want to check out the music video not because i'm in it but because some of the shots i saw were insane they were so good um i don't want to be like oh they're breathtaking but they really were very good shots uh it's it's so fun to see music videos come together like i've made some for clint and they're really good for you know just a novice doing things um i mean i did a pretty good job putting clint's together they look pretty well but if you look at the difference between like what jesse's is going to look like and what i can produce um giving my modest um training on literally anything and uh modest equipment that i have uh it's going to be pretty sweet. So check out Jesse's music video. That's going to drop here really soon. If it hasn't already by the time I'm recording this. So check him out on social media, Jesse Wilson music. And like I said, you never know if you show up to one of his shows, I might be there. Someone else might be there. Someone might be in the crowd and we might invite them up and they might play guitar instead of me. I mean, that's happened at shows too. That's happened plenty at shows. And I mean, that's one of the fun things about, you know, him being there, sometimes we'll take a break and it's like, that guy sings and plays music. And then you just go over and talk to him like, you want to do a couple songs while we're taking a short break? And, you know, it's, it's so fun because you never know what's going to happen at a Jesse Wilson and Friends music show. So check him out. Uh, tons of fun. Go to see him live. And that's not just, like I said, that's not just because I'm playing with him because he, he has played solo shows and he's played with other musicians as well. So check him out regardless of who's going to be with him. It, it makes it fun. I think I made the joke recently, it might have even been on this podcast, where like, I think he could probably just go up there with somebody who's like got an accordion and pull it off and make it work at this point, so it's really cool. Check him out live. Um, it's going to be tons of fun to, to see you guys out at the shows. If I do see you at a show, um, hit me up. I usually have Audible Farm shirts with me. Uh, the new styles, I'm selling out of a lot of sizes once again. I'm not sure I'm going to order more of the the new shirt styles. I might make a change and and order some different ones. We'll see how it goes. Um, But I do still have some of those available. They're in the shop. So check it out, audiblefarmshop.com. Or if you want a discount, come see me play live somewhere. And uh, yeah, check that out. Because I'll, just about every weekend, I'm somewhere. Whether or not it's with Jesse Wilson or Three Finger Betty or the, the very rare and occasional Clint Riedel music show. So um, you never know who's going to be with Clint either. He likes to bring different people with him here and there. But once again, he's a guy that can do it solo. And sometimes he'll just play with Brad on the bass. And um, Brad, whether or not he exists, <laughs> that's, that's another story. So that's a little inside joke for the people that listen to all of the episodes. Uh, Brad does exist. I'm going to try and sneak him on an episode and not let him know about it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, i got to get him on an episode, though. You guys should all pester him a little bit and say, Hey, Brad, you should uh, you should go on the podcast sometime and talk. So 
Uh, yeah, one of the cool things I think about like Jesse being flexible with other musicians is uh, I bet he would attribute it to this. Uh, I definitely attribute it to this, and it would be going to like open jam nights or or acoustic sessions and just sitting in with other people and trying to play along with them. And uh, I mean, Jesse's even starting to go out and start playing some leads here and there. Um, he's still in the beginner stages of that, but it's, it's starting, you know? So that's one of the cool things there is before you know it, he'll be able to play all his own leads, which is pretty wild to think of, but you know, it's, you never know who's going to be next to you at a jam night and you kind of, kind of like guide people through songs sometimes. And he's, he's really good at doing that now. And, uh, you know, he's really good at being flexible with whoever's around him, maybe changing the song from what he's normally used to, to something that, you know, he can, he can handle or whatever. So uh, you know, like I said, he probably attributes a lot of that to going to jam nights and playing with other people. And that's definitely what I would attribute it to. Uh, I do know musicians who are like a far cry more talented if they were like sitting in a bedroom rocking than I am like millions and light years of times better than I am. But it's kind of weird because if you throw them in a, a place where everything gets really flexible and nothing's really like set in stone and cut and dry and and set up in these nice little sequences and boxes and they don't have time to practice it ahead of a time it's not it doesn't always come out as well and i think some of that just is like a different way of playing the instrument you know so i'm not sure what i would have for like an analogy for that It'd be like the difference between like racing on a road and racing on a racetrack you know if there's other traffic around you got to kind of be mindful but that's not really a good analogy because there's other cars on a racetrack. So I guess whatever, make your own analogy for that. But uh, do you guys feel that way? Have you ever been to a jam night and felt kind of like a fish out of water? Um, and uh, before you know it, you kind of start f coming to your own and figuring your way out and, and figuring out what you need to do. Uh, or uh, do, you, do you not think that's the case? Do you think some people just have the gift of playing with other people? I would definitely say it takes some practice to figure out when to to get in or you know like get in where you fit in so you got to figure out where you fit in is the deal so um yeah i guess i don't know call in if you got any ideas on that um just kidding this is not live and uh don't call me please <laughs> actually there's no number so i don't know how you would know how to call me but yeah i mean let us know in the comment section or something if you guys you know go to jam nights or if there are jam nights i'm always looking for new ones around the area um, if they're on nights where I can get to them and they're not too far away, I will definitely go to them. Otherwise I would be more than willing to drive a decent distance if it's not terribly too far, just to try one out somewhere to see what's going on, just to kind of become acquainted with people. I don't know why I enjoy going to jam nights so much. I think some of it is just the fact you never know what's going to happen. Um, I do recall going to one jam night one time and a guy that was there and this is, this is like not a joke. He pretty much came in with uh like dragging a some sort of a telecaster i don't know if it was a squire or what but he didn't have a case and he was pretty much just dragging it behind him and he, he rolls in with his telecaster he's got these like you know beat up clothes and beat up shoes and, and he just didn't really like to me strike me as like this guy is a guitar player he's gonna rock this or whatever and he uh talked to the people on stage and they were like yeah we'll let you up here in a second and he came up there and he didn't use a pick he just used his thumb for everything and he absolutely shredded. And so that's like one of those things where it's like, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, you, you know, you could be completely fooled by the appearances around you. It's, uh, it's just a never know situation. Plus, if you know the musicians, you never know who's going to team up with who and how it's going to sound. Because depending on who's with who, uh, things can kind of get wild. You know, and that's like one of my favorite things. I remember going to the jam nights at Patty's Pub uh, in Des Moines, that, or in Fort Dodge. Those are the ones that... Um, 
Jeremy Ober ran, yeah, like right downtown in Fort Dodge. And Patty's isn't there anymore, but Jeremy used to do one once a month there. And uh, I I was a host musician on one occasion, and most occasions I just showed up and played. And I I didn't realize how busy those were because those some of those it was like you're lucky to get four, five, six songs in, and then you might be done for the night, you know, um, just because there's you know, 15 guitarists in the building and five bassists and four drummers and, and a handful of acoustic singers, songwriters and things like that. So you never really know who's going to be there and how much time it's going to take to, to fit everyone in. Um, some nights I was, when I was going back to school. So some nights I would, I would go to school in the morning, work in the afternoon and then come home and do all my homework. When I was done, I would drive back down to Fort Dodge and, uh, it, it was probably like, you know, 10 30 or so. And I'd, <laughs> go to those jam nights and and it was I just really enjoyed going to those and that was when I was first starting out I was still pretty new at playing guitar with other people and I was always really nervous and no matter how late I came in or who I tried to hide behind or I sometimes I'd come in and I wouldn't even bring a guitar I'd just hide in the back and you know Ober would be like you got your guitar with you and I'm like yeah I do you know he's just on the PA and get they get done with the song and he just be like, looks like Peter Stockdale walked in the building you got your guitar with you. It's like, yeah, I got, yeah, I got my guitar. It's like, you better bring that thing inside. So I'd bring it inside, and of course he'd, you know, egg me on to play some songs. And I, I always had tons of fun doing that. And and uh, you know, I don't know if it's just the company that's being kept around some of the jam nights I'm used to going to, or or what it is. But I, I really enjoy watching people play. You know, and some of the some of the jam nights I've been to more frequently, like the Patty's Pub Jam. And the Barnum Jam Night that's at the Junkyard on Tuesdays from 7 to 10. You're welcome, Ashton, for uh, giving you a free plug there. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the going to those, I you know, we kind of start to know who some of the people were. And, and I've started to see some of the people who haven't been playing as long as I have or just recently picked up the instrument and watch them grow. And some of them are more talented than I am, and they've been playing you know, three, four years tops. And it's like, this is insane to watch these kids grow up and, and get this good at, the, at an instrument. You know, there's so many people that are so talented around the area. And I feel like that is maybe comes from the fact that like, the more you learn about something, the, the less you realize that you actually know. I think the original saying is something, um, what is it as the island of our knowledge grows as do the shores of our ignorance, I think is what it is. But, you know, you start to realize like, oh, there's a lot out there I actually don't know. So the more you start learning and you're like, oh, this guy's doing a lot of chicken picking. I don't know anything about that, you know, or whatever. And, you know, that guy's doing a lot of sweet picking. I don't know anything about that, you know, and this guy's doing tapping. And it's like, oh, I can do some of that, but not as good as this guy, you know, or whatever. So you start to like pick out these things that you can see people doing here and there and, um, some people are like lean more towards blues. Some people lean more towards metal and, or country or whatever it happens to be. And you start to realize I need to work on some things in order to get up to this person's level, you know, or it's just inspiring. It's not necessarily competition per se, but it's definitely inspiring to see other people playing. And I mean, that's, that's something where I feel is kind of crazy. Cause I feel like some of the people who are the singer songwriters around that maybe don't play any leads, you know, they've been like, I can't believe how good you can play the guitar. And it's like, well, I can't believe how good you can write songs. It's two completely different monsters that people are doing. You know, it's it's kind of like, oh, wow, look at that sports car. And then you look over here and it's like, oh, wow, look at this, you know, jacked up, you know, truck on, on big dualies or whatever. Why are all the 
I don't know why I'm doing so many car analogies, but, but yeah, it's just two completely different things and they're both just cars. So it's, you know, it, they're just different. And I, I don't fancy myself much of a songwriter. I've written a couple. They're horrible. I've only ever written like one to completion and it's, it wasn't good. It was such a bad situation. No, I know. I just need to practice at it like everyone does, but you know, even some of those people that just play rhythm guitar, it's just like, there's some things you guys can do playing rhythm guitar that I am watching, and I'm like, I need to figure out a way to incorporate that into what I'm doing to try to, you know, up my game as a rhythm guitarist, because primarily when I first started playing a lot of guitar, I was mostly just a rhythm guitarist, and then um, I started figuring out how to play leads uh, independently, so it's, you know, when you could pick a key of a song and kind of go with it and mimic a lead that's normally on a song or whatever, so... Um, it's just kind of crazy to realize how different everyone is and how you can kind of learn something new from everyone. And I, you know, I see some of the younger people at jam nights doing that, uh, to an extent. So like, uh, Owen, the bass player for, uh, Jesse Wilson's band, he's played with like Tank Anthony and, and Jeremy Ober and a couple other people, uh, around the area and, you know, across the state. He, he's does some funny stuff sometimes. Like when I'm, doing solos he'll be playing the rhythm behind me and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he'll be like mimicking what i'm doing like almost like copycatting it like an octave down <laughs> on his bass and so it's like i almost like i have like a, a, a mini me playing the bass behind me or like doing a delay thing and it just makes me laugh so much when he does stuff like that but you know i've started to realize the more i listen to him it's like he's picking certain licks and riffs that he copies people you know, doing, and then he's like kind of like folding in the little bits of him that he likes into his own playing style. So it's crazy to see him actually doing some of that stuff. And, you know, there's another person that's been on the podcast recently, Eric Lee. Uh, you can go back and listen to that one. He's another younger person, and he's been going to jam nights recently and taking guitar lessons. And, you know, I oftentimes said, like, the only thing I have over this kid is stage time. He's got talent that beats mine by a mile. <laughs> you know, at a recent jam night, I was outside listening to the music and i was like who's playing the lead guitar it almost sounds like ober but it's not you know and i like walk in there and it's it was eric playing and it's like oh eric's doing the same thing owen's doing he's he's learning all this stuff but he's also like watching how people do things and apply things and phrase things during solos and figuring out how to make it work for him and it's it's really one of those things where i feel like i haven't seen him a whole lot at jam nights because he's been pretty busy but um at the recent ones i've seen him at it's it's kind of one of those crazy things it's like when you have a know somebody that has a kid and you only see him every few months and they like grow so fast and that's kind of what i feel like with with eric you know when i seen him last time uh i should probably message him and tell him that i think he'll listen to this anyways but uh maybe i should message him and tell him that because it was pretty fun to see you know it's it's i don't know if there's something different or something off or he was he was feeling it that night or whatever but it's i mean he was just ripping it up and it's like holy cow uh this feels like it came out of nowhere but it's also been a you know a few months since i've really spent time with him and played music with him or seen him play music so uh that's crazy cool um another another thing he sings and plays music and they're going to do some more shows too so if you want to check out some of eric lee playing live uh, scroll back through the podcast episodes, find him uh, on an episode and find him for like Suddenly Hollow or uh, Scotty Rockstar Unplugged. I know they're going to be doing some shows coming up uh, not too long. So check those out for uh, show dates and things like that. Um, otherwise, I'm not really too sure if anything recently has come up at 
you know, uh, those were like some bigger things that I guess that I kind of wanted to talk about. I guess I got derailed talking about, you know, playing at jam nights and getting used to playing with other people. But, um, when I was, uh, first starting to learn how to play guitar again, I bought a couple guitars and they needed to be worked on. And like, there's a shop in Fort Dodge and there's a shop in Algona and most towns have a guitar shop somewhere. And if not, there's one within 20, 30, 40 miles, you know, there's always somebody with a guitar shop. And I just kind of got tired of driving around to guitar shops and paying those guys money to like, I don't know, whatever they did. I, I never knew what they used to do. And it's like, my guitar won't work. I didn't know if they opened the screws on the back and pulled that little protective plate off and, and sprinkled like, you know, fairy dust in there and, uh, you know, magic and just, just wham. And it worked. I didn't know what was going on. So when I, uh, <laughs> when I first bought a guitar, um, that was pretty much what I relied on. Uh, a lot of times more often than not, I would take it to, to Chris Carr and that's kind of how I became, you know, I don't want to say friends, friends, but like I became really, really good acquaintances with Chris Carr. We've, we've begun to talk about gear. We talk about music and things like that. And, and that's another one that's kind of crazy is he saw me at my most infantile state when I could like barely even change guitar strings to now actually where I can play music with other people. And I used to always tell him like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you play two hour shows. I don't know how you play four hour shows. How do you remember all this stuff? How do you play leads? Like, how do you do all this stuff? And now I'm like kind of slowly creeping into, into this world that I was so enamored with as a youngster and um so I bought a handful of new guitars and I kind of just got into most things with guitars you know I I bought a couple different amps I sold some amps I bought some guitars I sold some guitars I tried pedals for a while I I can give or take pedals now um there's some of them I like to have around but at the same time if I don't have a pedal I can I can go without I've learned to be flexible I guess with that but uh one of the things was I was like I wonder if I could like refinish a guitar it doesn't seem like it would be too hard so I bought a cheap guitar and I refinished it and I I made a video for it I put it on YouTube I think it's got somewhere I can't remember last time I looked 15 20,000 views I don't remember um but I hydro dipped a guitar it's blue it's a Les Paul it looks pretty cool by the time I got it all hydro dipped I put it together I said this sounds neat looks neat plays pretty well i mean uh i would put it at like a seven out of ten for playability um you know like really nice guitars would obviously be like eight nine ten out of ten um so this one it was a beginner's guitar i I set it up the best i could it worked really well for what it is and um i was like you know this is missing something i need to do something else to this guitar so i figured it's like let's mod this thing out and i hadn't really done anything modification wise on a guitar or or much soldering at all or trying of things like that so I figured let's give it a whirl and I I changed out some things in it like some pickups I changed out some things in it um like removing one of the tone knobs and replacing it with a kill switch uh rewiring how everything's harnessed together I put some uh triple shots in it I think Seymour Duncan makes those uh, Seymour Duncan triple shots allow you to turn each pickup off or on individually within the humbuckers. I mean, this is probably gear talk, so some people are just like, snooze, I'm out. But uh, humbuckers, if for people that don't know, those are like guitar pickups. Those are the th- magnets that pick up the, the wiggling strings and make the noise. So some of those, like Stratocasters, have like a single row of, of magnets, and they're split apart. Um, other ones have two of those and they're stuck right next to each other. And those are called humbuckers because they reduce the amount of hum that comes out of a guitar. They buck the hum. So humbucker. 
So uh, some people want to have flexibility while playing instruments. Like, I want to be able to turn this humbucker into a single coil, and all you have to do is rewire it to do that. But at the same time, you could wire a switch in there to make it do that for you. These triple shots are nice because they are really discrete little switches that are hooked up right into your pickup ring. It's like the piece of plastic your guitar pickup screws to. Um, and then the pickup ring obviously screws to the guitar, so that way the pickup is stuck in the guitar without needing to screw directly into the guitar itself. So, um, yeah, it's kind of fun. I put some of those on there, and I, you know, it's got the three-way switch, and when you sit down and do the math, it's like, man, there's there's four combinations I can have on the guitar pickups. Because um, you can either do, like, the front pickup, the back pickup, uh, both of them in series, which would make it a humbucker, or both of them in parallel, which would make them... Uh, just like two single coils next to each other, which is kind of a cool sound too. Pretty much the only thing you can't do is put them out of phase with one another. But if you did, I feel like if you did that, it would not be a pleasant sound. So I, I haven't tried it, but that's pretty much all like the only thing it doesn't do. So I don't know. There's like 24 combinations you can make with this or something. I did the math on it once. What do you got here? Four and four and four and four. Um, yeah, there's there's quite a few. I think it's four, 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 four. That's sixteen. You got four on one side and four on that's twenty-four. So yeah, there's twenty-four different combinations you can do with a pickup. Uh, your two pickups and the, the switches that are on it. So it's it's pretty cool stuff. And I started modding guitars and things like that. And like I said, I'd never really done anything like this. I just looked things up one at a time. It's like how do you hook a pickup up to an output jack? And then it's like what if I want to put a volume knob in it? So I just started stacking things in there one at a time to help my brain figure it out. And I never thought in a million years I'd, I'd want to try to do this because the first guitar I ever tried to do anything to, and some people that are gearheads that are listening to this might be like, whoa, but it was a Steve Vai gem, uh, an Ibanez gem. And I was like, I need to rewire this because it doesn't work well. So I that was the first one I ever tried to rewire. I got it. It worked. But I had never had less fun doing something in my life than that and that was when I was young I was still a teenager but I came back to it in my 20s and was like I'm gonna try this soldering thing and it's so peaceful and I enjoy it so much and learning how to route the wires and make things um you know just install different things into the guitar that might not normally be in there and I guess I don't I don't, I don't know what I like about it so much but I, it just kind of makes me smile to like change things up a little bit. I never thought I'd be someone that was like, this could use some single coil sound in it. But uh, sometimes it comes in handy. And uh, I've done a lot of switching on the fly with things to make, you know, either a humbucker sound or, or different things. So I've gotten used to using the switches on it. And they're not in inconvenient locations, which makes them pretty nice, you know, and easy to use. You can switch without moving your hand too far away from the strings so you don't lose too many strums while you're changing all this stuff up. And I guess if you know where everything's at, it's a little bit easier. But if somebody's like foreign to the guitar, they might be like, I don't know what's going on here. This is too many knobs. But I guess that's the difference between somebody who's like a gearhead and somebody who just plays the instrument. Because those are two different types of people too. I know people that are just like, let's just plug it in. I'll, I'll turn the volume knob up to where I want it and I'll just go. And that's, you know, there's people like that. And they're really talented in their own right. Uh, they just don't like digging through weird things on gear and things like that. So... I guess what kind of brought up the, the gear talk was recently I had a chance to do some work on a goofy guitar that had another odd wiring scheme. Uh, before that, let's let's go to this one. So like the next guitar I found that had an odd wiring scheme that I enjoyed was the PVT-60. And that one has 
it's basically like a Les Paul. So it has two humbuckers, you switch between them, or you can have both of them together. So that's pretty much the gist of what's going on. However, the tone knob on the guitars, if you turn the tone knob all the way up to 10, it cancels out one of the coils and makes them single coils. But if you roll the tone knob back to about 6 or 7, it blends the second coil in there and turns them into humbuckers. And then if you turn the tone knob down past about 5, it turns them into... It turns the tone knob into an actual tone knob. So it is kind of a weird wiring scheme. A lot of people are just like, I don't know, this does too much stuff for me. But it is also really neat to see what kind of sounds you can blend in there because you can still really get like a full single coil sound while blending a tiny bit of the second pot in there to make it sound just the way you want it. So I kind of enjoy having that guitar and, and playing on that one. But uh, uh, other than that, there's just a phase switch so you can really get like some Strat sounds out of it if you really wanted to or uh, some Telecaster sounds. And that was kind of what PV was going for, was like a Swiss Army knife guitar, where it's like, we can have single coils, or a humbucker single coil, or a single coil humbucker, or, or any combination of those. They can be in phase, they can be out of phase. And, um, and without realizing it, like I was kind of modding my first guitar almost after that to an extent, but um, I guess maybe it's just happy coincidence. So a recent guitar I got to work on um, was... The guitar was called a Gibson M3, and that guitar has a five-way switch in it. I guess if you've never seen one, look one up. They're kind of goofy looking. Uh, Gibson M3. It's like M-I-I-I. So they made a handful of different models of them. But basically, there's a five-way switch on it and a two-way switch. So with the two-way switch up, uh, they've got it labeled as one. And so if you think one, it's one coil, single coils. So this guitar is a humbucker, single coil, humbucker. And in position one, it's the bridge, single coil, if you're on number one. Um, so one being the two position switch. I know this is going to sound so... There's probably people listening to this just rolling laughing. But uh, two position switch, you're in position one. All right, forget about that, position one. Now you get the five-way switch. If you're all the way back, it's it just works just like a strat. So it's bridge, bridge in middle, middle, middle neck, neck. So those are the five positions from one to five. But if you flip it to position two, you're thinking, okay, humbuckers. So I know how this is going to go. It's going to go humbucker, humbucker single, single, single humbucker, humbucker. Just like just same way, but just with the humbuckers activated. Well, guess what? It doesn't do that. Why? I don't know. This, that's just how they decided to wire it up. I feel like Gibson got a little weird in the 80s. I don't know. They started putting like tremolos on guitars. And and then, you know, in the 90s, they were like, well, let's go back to what we're going to do. Because they quit like weight relieving guitars in the same fashion they were before. And so they went back to try to go back the way they were. But they were also doing some other goofy stuff on the side. And I, I never feel like Gibson ever went back home to what they were first all about. Uh, they just kept changing things. And I guess that's what companies have to do in order to stay relevant. But that's kind of where this guitar came in. It was It's a goofy shape. It's not like pointy or anything, but it's just weird. It's got a weird pick guard. It's got that weird switching mechanism. And what they did with the second position, if you go to number two on the two position switch, you're thinking humbuckers here. Position one, all the way back, that's bridge. Position two is bridge and neck pickup. Position three is neck pickup only. Position four is neck pickup with another piece of equipment on the inside. I 
forgot what it was. I looked it up at one point in time and I don't have it in front of me. So I apologize if you guys are like, what is this thing that it's hooked up to? I don't know. I, I forget. But it's uh, some goofy stuff that's kind of like wired into the, the tone pot uh, on the guitar. And I don't know what it does, but it kind of warms up the sound of the neck. So position one, bridge. Position two is bridge and neck. Position three is neck. Position four is neck plus a sound enhancing device. I think they called it tone enhancement is all they call it in the in the pamphlet that the guitar originally came with. And then position five is a kill switch, which is so weird because it's just like, I guess if you want to go no sound, you could go to position five and then just sit there. But I'm, I'm just kind of perplexed by why this was wired the way it was. But when I tried to figure out how it was wired... I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. I drew a bunch of different schematics, and I'm like, I can't figure out how how to do this with a five-way switch and then uh, a two-way switch, which is dual pull, dual throw, I think would be what the name of that switch would be. Um, so I actually ended up looking for a schematic, couldn't find one, so I started plowing through some old forums, and I found a forum from like 2008 where a person said he mailed Gibson and they mailed him back a copy of the schematic. So he put it online in a Google Drive. And I thought, oh, I'll click on this and see what happens. It's probably not even in here anymore. So I click on it, and it's there. It's still active. It's been in there for like 15 years almost. Uh, it's just wild to think that something that's been around the Internet that long and didn't go away somehow one way or the other, especially, you know, a lot of that stuff just eventually kind of goes away, especially the old forum, like pictures and things like that. So... It was pretty wild to see that was still there, so I saved a copy of that. I looked it up. The schematic, the wiring's fun. If, if there's anybody that likes wiring stuff up, I don't know if I'm the only one that likes wiring guitars up, but if, that, if there's anybody that likes to do that or is intrigued by it, check it out. It's some pretty gnarly wiring. I'm, I didn't really like look into it too deeply, but I think Gibson also made a guitar called the Nighthawk, and that guitar has very similar, if not the exact same, wiring. I do also know that Gibson made a Les Paul that was this way, the same wiring concept. I know what you're thinking, Les Paul? Like, yeah, it was. they made a Les Paul with the exact same wiring schematics. So uh, check that out, too. I don't remember what the Les Paul is called. It's called like a Studio Light, maybe. So check those out. It's like a Les Paul humbucker, single coil humbucker. Goofy, goofy guitar. Uh, it was. I guess it's the, the Nighthawk, but for Les Paul fans. And the Nighthawk looks... Kind of similar to a Les Paul, so if you're into those guitars, maybe check those out. I know a lot of people have probably tuned out by now because they're tired of listening to gear talk, and it's not really something they're interested in, but I guess it's something I'm interested in. So if anybody likes talking about gear, hit me up at a show. I'd love to just sit down and talk with you about just about anything. Uh, I remember somebody said, hey, I'm buying one of these guitars, and I just was like, okay, give me a second, let me look it up. And I looked it up and I said, oh, this is nuts, it's cool, you're buying one of these guitars. And I didn't know what it was until I saw a picture of it. And I was like, it's got one of those, and it's got one of those. And it's like this guitar, but it's better because it's got that, you know. So I started, I don't know, just kind of looking through some of the features on it. And it's really kind of fun to see the different ways they, you know, build out guitars and things like that. Because I've been modifying guitars for a while now, doing different things to them, whether I'm paint jobs or whether I'm adding parts, taking away parts, things like that. Um, on the Gibson M3, I found out one of the pickups was dead, so I replaced it with another one. I might end up doing some pickup surgery on, on one of the pickups just to see if I can fix it. 
I really don't want to. It's something I haven't done before, but at the same time, once I figure once I dive in and, and do it, it'll be good for me. But I've got some cheaper pickups to take apart first to look at before I start taking apart nice ones. I guess if anyone's ever done it, hit me up. I've, uh, I don't think it would be terribly hard, but I have heard people say that it's more difficult than um, it may seem from the onset. So uh, there's still stuff to learn as much as I know, there's still stuff to learn and it's kind of crazy. And it's also crazy that people will allow me to work on their instruments, uh, especially knowing, uh, a, how much some of them do or don't cost or the sentimental value, you know, it'd be the B, the sentimental value that's attached to them. Um, like I said, that hydro dipped blue guitar of mine, it's like a hundred dollar guitar. It's not worth anything. I guess it's sentimental. That's the only attachment I really have to it. And there's a lot of that, but at the same rate, it's just one of those things. It's like, ah, you know, I got to think about how much other people enjoy their instruments that they have, that they play on a daily basis. Cause that blue guitar comes with me just about everywhere. It's kind of my backup when I'm playing with certain people, uh, unless it's three finger Betty, then it's the, the main guitar I use. So it's, it's a guitar. I really enjoy playing. I'm, I know a lot of people have those and they kind of build sentimental attachment to guitars, but I've I've bought and sold a handful over the years, so I don't. There's some guitars I don't really have as much sentimental attachment for, but at the same rate, I I still do kind of have um, a nice soft spot for that when it comes to to gear or instruments or things. And I, I always feel like, man, I want to kind of just throw this away or this this piece. I'll never need one of these or whatever. And it was to the point where I was like saving wires out of guitars that I would take like the harnesses out of and and rewired it's like i'm gonna save the old wires you never know when you'll need one or whatever and you know a couple of times some of that stuff's come in handy like uh um replacing a pickup on that m3 i had a, a really nice pickup out of a guitar that i took out and i saved it and, and it, it sat here for a couple of years and then eventually i was like i'm gonna put it in here because it needs one in it now and um i took that to jam night and let a couple of people play on it and that was that was kind of fun to you know let some other people check it out too because it's just such an inter interesting instrument and how it's all wired up so I guess it's probably not much different than like drummers organizing their drum sets differently, you know, based on what kind of music they play or who they want to emulate or what they're used to or things like that. So it's not too much different, you know, talking about guitar gear and things like that. Plus all of it's so different and everyone's got an opinion on what they think sounds the best. So it's kind of fun to, to do the gear talk with certain people and see what they're using, how they're using it and what they're going to do, you know, with all of the stuff once it's all connected and, and going. So it is kind of like building a little mini spaceship and trying to fly it around. So it's it's pretty neat. I do enjoy going to jam nights. I do enjoy talking music with people. If you want to talk music with me, hit me up. Um, more information on the back end of the outro. I think I'm out of here for the night. It's been a, been a pretty good one. So uh, if you guys are listening to this, um, thank you very much. You made it all the way to the end. And uh, yeah, now we'll go to the now we'll go to the outro. Well, that episode was a lot longer than I think I originally intended it to be. I was just going to do a short little half hour and call it good, and uh, here we are almost 45 minutes in, and we're still going. So uh, thanks to anybody that listened this far in. Uh, check out the past episodes. That's where the real money's at. Anytime I got a guest on here, there's some of the best episodes. Uh, the solo episodes are pretty much just for the diehard. So if you're listening right now, I appreciate it. Love you. Drop me a link somewhere. Just say, hey, check out my music. Listen to the podcast. Uh, tell me you like the episode. Five star review. Subscribe, rate, review, poke. All that stuff that the kids are saying nowadays on YouTube. Uh, do that for me and help me out. 
Speaking of which, uh, the Audible Farm podcast is on YouTube. You can listen to the podcast there. You can see some of those guitar mods that I talked about, uh, as well as a whole bunch of them I didn't talk about. So if you're into guitar stuff, you can watch me refinish guitars or or do some goofy mods to guitars or just... uh, There's some videos I was like, I wonder how to do this, and I didn't see a video for it online, so I made one. There's a few of those on there, too, as well as live band videos. Uh, Patreon video clips are also on there. If you want the full videos, you can go to the Patreon channel. Check that out. It's only a dollar a month. Uh, Patreon.com slash Audible Farm. There's Audible Farm merch. Audible Farm merch is available at shop.audiblefarm.com. If you find me at a show, I usually have the merch with me. Uh, It doesn't matter which band I'm playing with, whether or not it's uh, Three Finger Betty or whether or not it's Jesse Wilson music or the occasional mood lighting I do with people like Clint Riedel music. You can come to the show. Check it out. I usually have a shirt with me. Um, I'll, I'll definitely cut you a discount if you come see me play live and uh, enjoy the show. So check that out. Uh, otherwise, if you want to support the podcast non-monetarily, guess what? You're doing it by listening to the podcast. Thank you very much. Other ways to do it would be to share, word of mouth, like, subscribe. I, I said all those things earlier. So check those out if that's something you guys want to do. Help me out. Uh, leave a review wherever you're listening, especially on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you specifically are listening to. Leave a comment, share the episode. Word of, like I said, word of mouth is a fun one. I love it when I go places and people are just like, "That's the podcast guy," and it's like, "Oh, cool, somebody's heard of the podcast." But I guess I'm like almost, you know, like half the time I go out to play shows, I'm wearing an Audible Farm shirt. So uh, I'm trying to knock that off. I think it's kind of hokey to wear my own shirt everywhere, but I got so many of them out now that. Um, you know, I guess there's one for every day of the week almost. So if you guys want to check out those new shirts, go to audiblefarm.com. Find the shop at shop.audiblefarm.com. Uh, check out those new shirts. I'm running low on sizes. Uh, once again, if people want bigger sizes, I do have bigger sizes of the uh, Audible Farm original design. So there's bigger sizes available, maybe not in the new styles. Uh, I sold most of the larger sizes out of those. Um, and as usual, if you pre-ordered a shirt for me for the, for the new sizes, I still have a few that I'm holding for people. So hit me up for those, meet me at a show. I'll come to you. Uh, let's get those shirts in hand so they can be worn in uh, places if you want to. Uh, thanks to everyone that's bought a shirt. I've sold a lot of shirts recently. I really, really, really appreciate that. Um, I got stickers available, keychains, uh, hoodies might be coming back. I might change the design on the hoodies. We'll see what happens. So um keep your eye out for more hoodies we'll see what happens with that one but uh thanks for listening everybody hopefully next week i'll have a guest on uh i haven't been the best about scheduling things lately once again i'm trying to sort everything out you know balance everything between hobby and a uh, job and another hobby and another hobby and playing shows and, and working on guitars for people and things like that i appreciate everyone that's been patient with me whether or not i've worked on your guitar or i'm refinishing a guitar for you or uh, maybe we didn't quite line up on when I could get you in on a podcast and we you know, finally get it like nailed down. I promise you we will. So uh, thank you everybody for being patient or uh, thank you everybody for tuning in this week and, and just saying, oh, he didn't have a guest. Let's see what he's got to say. And if you made it this far, you're the champs. You're the real champs here. You guys are the winners. So thank you guys very much. I'll check you guys out next week, hopefully with a guest. All right, that's it. Peace. Peace.